HBO's back in full swing. When was it not? I don't know. That's Since a good point. its inception. Yeah. HBO has been the bar for quality production. Yeah. And you know, television. HBO still has this like tinge to it with the old generation. It's like, oh, that's the channel that is all about sex and graphic violence, and I don't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah. I've been reading about that being a big motivating force behind their attempted rebranding. Yeah, like they don't change. even they want to like call it something else, right? Yeah. And with the Discovery merger, it's really sad, especially with them dumping a lot of their properties for tax write-offs yeah. and trying to totally change the platform in a way that if they keep going through with it, they're going to lose their brand of quality. For sure. I know. And after the show we're talking about today, Succession's starting this week. Yeah. The last season, which is pretty wild. I'm excited. I heard it's great. Just as good as it ever was. Same as it ever was. It is, it is nice for them to go out on their own terms. Yeah. I always support. I'm a little bit sad we're not getting two more seasons, but I also understand. Four seasons feels like the right thing lately, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, on that note... Steven, who's with us in oh, the studio today? Hey, there you go. <laughs> today, we've got Jason Cerns. <laughs> is your last name okay? Sure. I can, can, I, should, or I can just say you Jason. You disguise your voice if you want. I don't care. Jason's with us. Hello, everybody. Jason is with us because apart from Gabe, who has a parasocial relationship with Last of Us, <laughs> what? Jason knows more about The Last of Us and has played the game all the way through more than I think anyone I know. <laughs> I remember you talking to me about this game years ago, and you're like, I keep playing through it over and over and over again, like an addiction. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's one of those, you know, transcendent games that, like, you can go back to and play over and over again, and it's just, it's incredible. The gameplay is great. The storyline is even better. So it's fun to, to go back and revisit, you know, and, and, you know, the quality of games these days are quite good, but I don't think they're on this level. Yeah. For story or for... For both, for yeah. gameplay and story. I mean, really? even even though it's on a older platform, it's still very enjoyable. Have you played the remake? Uh, yeah. Is it the, good? The remastered the remaster. version. Yeah. yeah. They've yeah. had a couple different remakes, right? Oh. Uh, we, I think, are you talking about the remastered One where version? they redid the graphics, yeah. Yeah. And so then there's like an expansion. Same game, but it's just better graphics, basically. Okay, okay. Uh, And yes, there is an expansion. I haven't played it. Uh, I'm familiar with the story, though. That's the... Uh, which comes The mall. Play. Yeah, right? that's the that's, mall. This, that's yeah. the uh, episode with the mall. Yeah. Riley. Um, yeah, so you're very familiar with this franchise. Yeah. Have you played Last of Us 2 yet? Um, yes. Okay. Twice. I'm trying to get a, a, a <laughs> twice. I'm trying to get a backing before we we jump into this series because today we're talking about The Last of Us, the HBO show that is based on the video game. The first, well, it'll eventually become the second, but yeah, the video game. This first season that we just got was nine episodes. It's based on basically the entirety of the first game, and we'll we'll talk about more of that later as Jason corrects me. Um, and it's been a huge success. It doubled its viewership from the start of the show since the premiere episode to the final episode of this season, the viewership has doubled and it has supposedly been like the most successful thing HBO's ever done. 
I hadn't heard that, but I heard it was quite successful, which um, is really crazy. Yeah. I don't know if it yeah. was beating Game of Thrones numbers, but it was. They were comparing I it. it I heard House it did. Of Dragons. It did. Yeah, it yeah. was beating House of the Dragon per episode. Okay, maybe that's maybe that's the confusion for me, because to me those are the same show, <laughs> the, the two Game of Thrones. But yeah. House of Dragon, yeah, which is saying something, because House of Dragon had a crazy viewership as well. But people seem to love this uh, show. Gabe, do you want to talk about the premise of this show? The Last of Us? Yeah, sure. A little bit, just so we have some context. Yeah, context. <laughs> well, in the show story, there's a few deviations, derivations, derivations? Derivations. From the game story. In the show, around 2003, there's this viral uh, outbreak, this pandemic that it fleshes out a little bit more in the show's lore that came from, I think it was like a yeast, right? Mm-hmm. An infectious fungus that spreads through uh, different food items, and it's so it, it takes over the world pretty quickly, uh, circa two thousand three. And then over the next twenty years, you know, people readjust their way of life in this zombified planet, and we pick up with our hero Joel Miller uh, twenty years later. In about it's basically current year at that point, I guess twenty twenty three, and he's living in. One of the little areas that humanity has carved out for itself called a QZ. I think he's in Boston, the Boston QZ. And the basic story for the show is he has to escort this little girl across country <laughs> because she is, I guess we're full spoilers from here on out, even though this is episode one stuff. She's immune to this plague, this fungal virus. How little is a little girl? I think she's like about 13 or 14. Yeah. Somewhere okay. in there, 13 or 14, I believe. But she's not like six. No. no. Yeah, so she's, she's a young teenager. Ellie is her name. And Joel and Ellie, uh, there's some other cast and uh, characters along the way, but it's mainly about their relationship and these two as they travel all the way. Um, not all the way, but they head... To Colorado. Yeah, they head west. Wyoming? Across the country. Yeah, across the country to Utah eventually. Utah. Yes. Utah. Yeah. And then they end up in Jackson, which is Wyoming, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the gist of it. The gist of it is love, or so the show creators say. It's what would you do for love? The good yeah. things, the bad things, um, that's, know, everything. That's that, that big thematic through line. Yeah. Also, in our real world, 2023 marks the date that the term cordyceps is now in the social consciousness yeah. of everyone. <laughs> Cordyceps <laughs> watched this dope. show. Which is a real it's a real thing. I know. People are legit like there are some people that are legit actually scared of Cordyceps. <laughs> yeah. And, because it's it's an actual threat. I've never even heard of it or like I've never thought about the zombie apocalypse actually being a real thing. But if there was a zombie apocalypse to happen, it could potentially happen based off of something like this. But I really think it's still unlikely. Apparently, the show creators thought about doing a version of this YouTube video that shows how cordyceps can take over ants. Mm -hmm. And that was the original plan instead of doing that kind of cold open that they did at the very head of the show um, where they they kind of do like a, uh, I don't know the name of the the 60s era TV show that they were doing. But uh, something like that, and then they decided that this would be better because it's kind of more interesting and, and you know more satisfying and also something new for the mm-hmm. audience, mm-hmm. but also terrifying as well to think that this could be a reality. That being said, you can go online and YouTube has some pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah. You can see like cordyceps in like ants and ants stuff, and, and it drives them to 
you know, they they become yeah literal zombies. <laughs> yeah, and eventually they kill themselves to multiply. And... I heard the term zombie was actually banned from the set. Yeah, like yeah, I heard that they, too. you couldn't actually say the name the word zombie wow. while filming The Last of Us because it was not undead. It, what's the word? The infected? term infected. 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 Yeah. infected. yeah. And then they have specific names for different classifications of infected. Yeah. Like the most popular one would probably be the clicker, where you have that iconic... Uh, like clicking. The clicking, they yeah. They this. can't see and they use sound to... Echolocation. Echolocation, thank you, yeah. to, to discover where prey is. <laughs> Did you see the actors doing the, the, the clicking effects? It's pretty no. funny. They're like in... They're recording and you just see them going like... <laughs> and i was like they get they get paid to do this <laughs> yeah it's a pretty incredible it's one of the incredible things about the game is the sound design in the game like if you have a good you know stereo system in your house just the sound design and like hearing where these things are is so important to survive this world really mm-hmm. yeah and, so and using you... darkness and, and being quiet is key and this is why every time you were like steven you have to play this game this is exactly why I will not play this game. It's it's very scary. I mean, if you I think the show's it. even remotely scary, I'd say this is, uh, game's even scarier. Than when you're that. in control of the character, yeah, 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 it freaks me the heck out. Especially in the the scenes where you're dealing with um, clickers or or you know other infected. Um, yeah, it's it's terrifying, but. Luckily, it's, it's not real life. And, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. <laughs> and you're armed heavily with, with uh, weapons, although ammo is scarce in, in that world and supplies are scarce in that world, which is a big theme in the game where the show sort of hits on it, but not quite as much. Oh, so you don't have like an endless amount of of rounds? You're Half of the time, you're just searching for things. Like, and, and it's hidden throughout this world. Interesting. And, um, the more you find, the easier it is. But yeah. it's also time consuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's it, at the same time it's satisfying because sure. you know you find some pretty cool shit. <laughs> yeah. And there are encounters that you'll probably just want to end up trying to move around stealthily as well because you don't have the resources to fight, you know, the enemies that are presented to you because there's a lot of stealth aspects in the game. So interesting. Yeah, it, to me that's one of the things that I sort of missed in the show is the the brutality of the game is is sort of lost on the show. And maybe that's a good thing because it sort of makes it more um, about appealing. the story. Yeah, it makes it more appealing to everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Not just game players that want action and, and violence and whatnot. I remember you saying that, and I was wondering why the executive producers probably did that. And and I, it's exactly what you just said. Like it, it seems like they really wanted to focus more on the sympathetic angle, like of these characters, rather mm-hmm. than showing Joel like brutally going through multiple levels of a hospital, killing a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. They like faded out the sound as if he was seeing red that whole time and had like some music. Coming. Yeah. They, and I, they kind of romanticized that whole, like the, the, the um, that is all intentional aggression. In, I don't know if you listen to their podcast, but I listened uh, to the first episode, the last episode, they talk about that. And they said that they chose the saddest piece of music that I, I believe it was the show's composer had, had done Gustavo, uh, I Sentinella. I think so. Yeah. Um, isn't that a candle? <laughs> Sounds like one. Oh, such a uh, no, but they they chose that piece of music. They they went through like six different pieces of music or something oh, like that, and then eventually landed on that one because they felt that that was the most appropriate for what they were trying to portray. Yeah, you brought up the podcast, and one aspect to the show that I think makes it a lot more accessible for people is that 
simultaneously to the show's release, it was released episodically from week to week, they put out a podcast episode in between the episodes where the creator of the game and the creator of the show got together and talked about the differences between the game and the show. And the host of the podcast is the actor who voices oh, that's right. Joel. Troy in, Baker. In, yeah, Troy Baker yeah. in uh, The Last of Us video games. Yeah. Um, and well, he, he embodied the role because it was like a mocap thing, right? Like yeah. he was Joel yeah. in the video game. Yeah. It, yeah, it was really cool because it was motion capture and he had a lot of say and, and mm-hmm. you know, what, what took place and, you know, the emotions. And um, they also had Ashley Johnson who played Ellie on... Mm-hmm. Uh, the last episode of the podcast and mm-hmm. they talk about how she was such a huge uh you know huge creator of the character of the character yeah. ellie and and what took place and sure. they basically say she's ellie and it's really cool to see you yeah. know in the last episode she yeah. plays the Ellie's mom. mom yeah uh yeah i mean that podcast is pretty killer i love it from you know being in a background of of uh, entertainment and yeah and film and hearing what's going on in their mind and why they veered off from the video game mm-hmm. um you know in certain aspects or why they enhanced on it or why they kept it exactly the same sure um a lot of it's that brutality though and the action they just said you know it's it's expensive to do yeah and also people can't relate to it as much and they kind of yeah. want to tell more of the love story of of joel but also show his flaws and, and yeah. you know how he's he's yeah. fading and he's not perfect yeah. and he keeps failing and sure um He's supposed to be like in his fifties, I think, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Lost. When Lost was coming out, the executive producers, the showrunners of that show, put out a podcast between each episode that not a lot of people knew about. But if you listened to it, you could easily collect what the heck Lost was doing, Mm -hmm. and you can hear it from the creators themselves. And I think having this podcast exist was such a smart move. Oh yeah. In a world where we exist currently where there are not a lot of good adaptations of video games yeah. done to film or television work. HBO smartly put out this podcast where fans of the video game could listen to the podcast and hear from the creators themselves, what, almost like beat by beat, why they made every single change that they made. And it's kind of next level for like covering your tracks for creating a show. It's like, oh yeah, you have the people that made the show that are in charge of the show talk about every single decision that deviates from the game and why they made it. Because immediately fans that I I know that have also been fans of the game from like, you take that first, that cold open like you were talking about Mm -hmm. with the people talking that Mm -hmm. wasn't in the game and people were furious about that. Like I hated that opening, blah, blah, blah. And they were just like so disgruntled. I'm like, I can't believe that bothers you that much. However, I understand because like I've been a hardcore fan at one point for other things, but like when you hear the creators talk about it on the podcast Mm -hmm. and it's why I listened to it because I wanted to hear what they had to say that first episode, I was like, oh, okay, that makes perfect sense. And it is a good setup and it, it, you know, it calms them down, I think. And, and I think that's why people have been even calling this show one of the best video game adaptations that has ever existed. It's, I mean that you're to, completely to you're completely right but i think also um you know t- putting aside the the video game playing aspect of it and yeah you know just enjoying a good show it, it's it's got 
it's got such great cinematography, mm-hmm. um, production value, um, mm-hmm. acting. Sure. Um, it's just a well-made show, just like we were talking about earlier with HBO shows in general. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's got that high quality. So even if you're a little bit frustrated with, oh, they didn't do it exactly yeah. the way I wanted them to do it, like it's still very well-made. Um, yeah. And, and it, I think that kind of diffuses the, <laughs> the frustration that, video game players have but this podcast as well mm-hmm. um you know for me personally it was like okay well i kind of get it now yeah i don't agree but yeah. i get it I you get know it. and and i get why they did it that way and if other people like it too like I, I think they're successful and they made the right choice yeah uh right here we're gonna do something that we have been doing lately on our podcast which is recommend a song something that we've been interested in and listening to lately and right now we're gonna recommend a song do you have a song that, <laughs> that you've been listening to lately? <laughs> Any song off the top of your head? Any song off the top of my head? I mean, I could pull up my Spotify. Yeah, phone. that's great. <laughs> you know, I just, I have two small kids at home and um, I've been trying to go through music, you know, to try to find stuff to play that isn't just... Uh, cursing? You know, <laughs> cursing or hip hop or, yeah. or hardcore rock or yeah. whatever. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I was listening to an 80s mix. Uh, nice. Yesterday, I listened to a Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of Higher Ground. Ooh. I've heard that. And it's really good, actually. It's super I, it good. sort of surprised me. You'd never um, heard it before? I, it probably had been a number of years since I'd heard it. I, I think, didn't realize it was an 80s song either. So yeah. it's like an 80s mix, and this 80s mix on yeah. Spotify threw me off because it's a lot of like, you know, when you listen to 80s mixes, uh, it's like always the same, like, you know, 15 to 20 songs mm-hmm. that are pop songs. Yeah. This has like hip hop, rock, like everything. It's like a full spectrum. And it's kind of like deeper cuts of 80s songs, but oh, they're cool. like all good 80s songs. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Like some good punk rock in there, some good um, hip hop, some good, you know, rock, pop, everything. So I guess we're going to l- listen to Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of Higher Ground. Here you go. <laughs> And welcome back. We're talking about The Last of Us. <laughs> okay, let's talk about the actors really quick. Pedro Pascal is the internet's daddy. He's very popular right now. 
Can you explain to me what daddy means <laughs> and why the internet has chosen him to be daddy or zaddy with a Z? Can you explain zaddy? Anyone? I don't know what that means. I don't. I don't either. I was hoping Gabe could explain it. No, I'm. It You're... sounds like a Zoomer thing, <laughs> like a Generation Z. Okay. Slang. All right. Zaddy sounds like a drug. <laughs> yeah. I want to know. I want to know. One day, maybe we'll figure it out. But, but Pedro Pascal's been for more or less hot shit lately. He's been in The Mandalorian. He was in The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent with Nick Cage. He is now in The Last of Us. What else was he in recently? Something else. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch Hot Ones, but he was just on did, Hot Ones. He did Hot Ones. And it was, it was pretty cool hearing yeah. like kind of his backstory. He grew up in the area. In um, our area? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. He moved from Texas to here. To Orange County? Yeah, and he, he performed at the, what's the Costa Mesa Playhouse? Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, I forget the name of it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he talked about how that was basically how he got his start in acting. Wow. <laughs> I didn't know that. He's Chilean born, though. Yes. <laughs> As opposed to Oscar Isaac's Guatemala. Yeah. But some of the other stuff he's been in recently, he was in the great Wonder Woman 1984. Oh, that's, oh, right. that's right. As Max Lord, he had The Kingsman, The Golden Circle, he another was in the sequel. Kingsman? Yeah, he was the whiskey. Thir- the third sequel? Yeah, he plays a great American accent. So oh, that's right. He was, he was like the movie. cowboy dude with the whip or yeah. with the lasso. Yeah. And more iconic performances of his in like Game of Thrones and stuff like yeah. that. Oh, that's right. He was in Game of Thrones. The Viper. Yeah, he's great in Game of Thrones. Uh, Norcos, if you haven't watched it, I highly recommend watching it. The the main detective that looks like Gabe is is incredible. (laughs) There's a Uh, detective that looks like Gabe? Boyd Holbrook. Do you know about this person? Uh, Yeah, I watched Detective Murphy. Yeah, he's the dude that played the bad guy in Logan. Yeah. Okay. The blonde. He's much better looking than me. You you flatter me. (laughs) (laughs) He's got the Gabe mustache. And then the little girl, as Gabe calls her, playing Ellie is played by Bella Ramsey, <laughs> a 20-year-old. Yeah, she really 20? she's actually she's 20. Almost 21. It I blew think. my mind when yeah. I read that. Wow, I thought she was like Which means at the time of filming, she might have been like 18. 18 or But or she 17. definitely looks younger. 100%. Than you would have think. She's so uh, polarizing in Game of Thrones because she looks like this little girl who's <laughs> in charge of all these people, mm-hmm. and she's like a dictator. It's just terrifying. She does a good job. She does a great job. That's she, why I was excited for her on the show. Yeah, was, most people I think that saw her in Game of Thrones were just like, holy shit, like this girl can act. Yeah, 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 for how young yeah, she, yeah. she <laughs> looks. <laughs> yeah, Pretty iconic scenes, the few scenes that she had in that show. Yeah, and there's a lot of like tiny controversy, I would say right now, about seeing how her character goes moving forward into the second season because in The Last of Us 2, the game, she's much older. There's time that has passed. She's in a relationship, right? So, And, and don't they have a kid together or something? No. No. Oh, I thought they did. Uh, I mean, we can go into it if you want to do spoilers, but... Uh... We've already done The Last of Us 2, the Oh, okay. Well, we shouldn't episode. do it. We should, for the sake of this cast, we probably shouldn't go into the yeah. sequel. Oh, okay. I guess we shouldn't, but yeah, that's true. Let's keep it focused on season one. Let's, let's see what you guys are doing. But yeah, people are wondering whether they would recast her, and the showrunners have said they're not going to recast her. Yeah, I mean, in in the game, she has aged, but it's not significant enough that I think it'll make a difference. You know, cool. with the real life character. Um, I heard she's like supposed to be a lot tougher, like like more uh, like, a, like yeah physically. So that's where the game differs from the show is is Joel and Ellie are both, you know, pretty tough. And Ellie starts off kind of the same way, but then 
over time becomes significantly tougher and, and um, more brutal because she's learning from the best, which mm-hmm. is Joel. Mm-hmm. Um, but also a lot of stuff happens along the way where they have to become that way in order to survive. In Okay, so I guess this is the part of the uh, the podcast where I just start going, is this how it was in the game? Is this how it was in <laughs> the game? How faithful was the adaptation? Yeah, how faithful. To, to be fair, the game came out in 2013. So okay. it's not exactly fresh in my mind, but it, it's but pretty you, fresh. You've played yeah. it a hundred times. <laughs> yeah, but you don't you don't sit there and watch all the cinematic scenes you know, after you've played it like three or four One times. One of my biggest questions coming out of it uh, out of watching this show because so uh, like our background i guess really quick is i have not played the game i've only heard about the second game one on that time that we did that podcast together uh so but i have watched the show gabe you know about the game because you watch shit online <laughs> and you have watched the series you've played the game a bunch and you played the second one twice and you have also watched the show so you know the most but one of the biggest questions i had coming out of this show is it felt like there weren't a lot of zombie or there weren't a lot of infected. And and it was more like, like about the characters, which is cool. And it differs a little bit from walking dead in that regard. And the focus on the characters, you know, and, and, and showing the last of us, the people who are left Mm -hmm. is, is a cool focus. But if there was as few infected in the game as there is in the show, then I could actually maybe play the game because it like really, they were like not a threat at all in the, in the show. Uh, I've, I hate to disappoint you, but it's, it's like night and day. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. It's, there's quite a bit. I mean, you do go through long runs where you don't see any for a while or you see very few, but then there are scenes where there's just tons of them. You're just and, fighting them. Yeah, you're is, fighting them in, in you know darkness. There's like very little light and barrages of just infected flying at you at once, or is not it like necessarily? It's kind of when you go to cities. Not I mean cities, yes, but uh, you go to areas throughout a city or, or a village or a town where it's kind of dark and um, you know it's off the beaten path a little bit. Um, you know they're not just wandering around in the middle of the street that often. They do, but. Um, they're mostly inside of the areas that you want to explore to find supplies. And so did the creators talk about why there are in the podcast, like why there are so few scenes with the infected. Um, I think partly because of the expense of, of, you know, having that many, but also you have to hire good actors to do it and, and get the kind of the action, right. Right. The makeup, right. And all that. And also they do talk about what you said, which is they sort of want to focus on the characters a little bit more. Um, so you can connect with them better, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a big beef for the people that play the game is that you. I, I felt like I connected with the characters regardless of that, mm-hmm. and you you feel for them, especially you know at the end when Joel has to make that tough decision of mm. whether or not he saved this girl that he's now treats as his daughter or feels as his daughter. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. that's a tough decision, baby girl. Yeah, for anybody to make. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that line sort of feels odd in the show a little bit. In the game, it feels more natural because it's okay. like they just have been through so much together. Yeah. They're keeping each other alive, yeah. and, and um, it's more of a survival story in that sense. Is there a point in the show when you think Joel's going to die, like like in the show where he's in the bunker, in the basement? Yeah, I mean, that's they, they kept that pretty close to the game, I oh, would okay. say. Um, in the game you know it's easier to save somebody's life you know you find a, a medical kit and 
you give him the medical kit or whatever and and he regenerates his health magically yeah on a tv show you can't do that so um i like what they did where you know they kind of show like that ellie is learns how to sew up a, a wound and get antibiotics for for joel which essentially saves him but uh is that whole episode i mean his episode in the show but that that stint where there's that religious like cult leader who are, are full of cannibals like is that in the game yeah really yeah it's a little different but yeah it's does it's, El- is especially ellie... the scene where at the end where he she's you know stabbing him are you playing as ellie in that yeah that part yeah because joel's yes down for the kid yeah. okay Joel, the the key difference that I didn't like was Joel pulls Ellie off of what's his name, the the pastor mm-hmm. at the end there when she's stabbing him repeatedly. Is uh, it David? Yeah, David. Yeah. In um, the game, you mean in the game? Yes. In the game, he pulls her off. Yeah. And and they didn't in the movie in, in the, the show. show. They wait until she's finished. She goes outside. She's walking around, and then Joel like runs over. Oh, and, that's right. And, and Why didn't kinda, you like that change? Uh, I just felt like it. It was such a weird shift that was unnecessary. Hmm. Um, in the game, you're like, it's it's kind of believable because she's going through this rampage of killing this guy that just kind of tortured her, mm-hmm. and it startles her, but at the same time, it comforts her, and like you get that connection of like, oh, this is her dad, or or yeah, her surrogate dad, whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just felt like a weird like choice like they could have they the show creators said that because of the fire they felt like it was unrealistic for joel to somehow sneak in there i didn't really buy that but but um but yeah i mean i don't know it was a weird just to me like it was like if you're gonna change something why change that like yeah it's pretty easy there's a few little things like that throughout the show yeah also that for that sequence in particular they play up the religion of the group a lot more I, I think agree. it's it's pretty underplayed, David and his commune mm. or his community in the game. It's you, they reference like being of a faith, but they really ham it up with the uh, the religion in the show. But yeah, they're cannibals. Yeah. <laughs> that that stuff plays out pretty one to one. Yeah, that so obviously, if you take away all of our knowledge of like The Walking Dead or The Last of Us or just any apocalyptic zombie thing that we've ever come to know. And you and you creatively think in your mind how would I how would I think about society if it were to look like this? Cannibalism obviously is one of those aspects that might pop up, mm-hmm. and it's something The Walking Dead also explored. The, and we saw a lot of things explored in The Walking Dead as far as what humanity would look like in a situation like this. Well, how do you think The Last of Us differs from The Walking Dead as a story, and and why is it better? <laughs> I mean. <laughs> That's that's a, a long <laughs> it's a long uh, topic to discuss. I don't know. I feel like the zombies are at least in the game they're more of a threat. Mm-hmm. Um, and in The Walking Dead they're kind of um, they're mindless and and you know the 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 way that you you lose to zombies in The Walking Dead is there's too many of them. With The Last of Us they they're not only you know there's not only a ton of them but there's some that are superhuman and smart and can come after you and, and figure out where you are quite easily and, and mm-hmm. surround you and infect you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with, with walking dead, it's not so much that it's kind of stupidity more or less, you know, when you, when you, uh, get overtaken by zombies, um, maybe you're fighting within your group or you're not paying attention or, um, 
maybe you're just unlucky, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think the, the zombies in this are, are much more intelligent and that kind of adds a new layer to this. But also it's it's not like every zombie show or, or movie you've ever seen, you know, where it, they're slowly walking and, and making <laughs> sounds and, <laughs> yeah, you know, they, they're, they're uh, fast zombies. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they have more layers to them. Um, so yeah, that, that aspect, I think in general kind of puts it above and then, um, you're not exploring a large group of people. You're, you're exploring two characters, which are easier to relate to. Mm. Um, they feel more human in their decision making. Mm -hmm. Um, you could argue that walking dead at the beginning sort of has that feeling and then it slowly (laughs) evolves into kind of mindless killing and shooting and, and yeah. um, that bloated new, new daytime villain, soap. yeah new new villain every every uh <laughs> every season to overcome mm-hmm. the the thing that this show or, or game explores which is kind of interesting is the 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 ability to move fast throughout the country they kind of just gloss over it in the show yeah um, but in you know walking dead it's like a big deal that they go to like another state you know and and then this they travel basically from boston to utah which is yeah <laughs> a long distance to travel, yeah. especially by you know. horseback. But also, <laughs> the other the other thing about this too is you know it takes place twenty years into the apocalypse, so mm-hmm. you would imagine things are kind of dire at this point. They haven't found a cure. You know the supplies are limited. You got to be good at surviving if you've lived this long, especially if you're Joel's age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What do you think, Gabe? Do you think uh... you nailed it? <laughs> I mean, it's just a tighter, smaller story. The Last of Us. And uh, it's just, even even 10 years ago, it's very well written. And uh, The Walking Dead, I mean, as far as that comparison goes, it's very up. The quality is up and down, so. I do have to say, to defend a little bit of The Walking Dead, the comic book is so much better than this show. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I could, I could see that. I'd say season one and two of Walking Dead are pretty solid, and then it sort of goes downhill after that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Totally. One one thing I would say, like Jason said earlier, it was they took out a lot of like the living in the world parts of the game, fleshing out characters just through, you know, the gameplay segments where you're just inhabiting the character's character mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. you know, hours at a time. And I one of the things that this show I would have done differently with The Last of Us is make it a little bit longer, give it like 10 full-length hour-long episodes instead of you know, some of them were pretty short and there were only nine. Yeah. I think we could have used a little bit more time because uh, that would have made all those moments in, more impactful, I think, like the end where mm-hmm. Joel makes his ultimate, you know, decision or at the end of the, you know, winter arc mm-hmm. where uh, Joel saves Ellie or encounters her in the snow after David. Yeah, I mean, sure. I think you get more of the kind of bonding moments from the game because there are... You know, there's longer periods of that, just the two of them together, right. exploring the world and surviving. Yeah. Him teaching her how to shoot, him teaching her how to, uh, you know, defend herself um, and survive, how to how to craft weapons, how to, um, you yeah. know, find food. Um, and in the show, they don't really touch on that that much. It's kind of, they sort of do, but not really. So that is a key difference. Yeah. What did you guys think about the... Nick Offerman, Marie Bartlett episode, episode three. It it was an interesting twist to 
how the game does it you don't really see frank in the game you you know about him mm-hmm. and you you know about bill's sexuality but it's sort of it sort of comes up at the end of his storyline you know you discover a note from frank that basically says screw you i'm out of here um you know you're crazy and it's not as romantic and then frank's fate is you know not good he he dies um yeah and and i don't know if we know what happens to bill at the end do you recall no we just leave him yeah i think we just leave we take his car and we leave (laughs) yeah he gives us some supplies and we take his car and leave it's not and he also lives in a like in the middle of a city more or less still alive in the game I believe so. Yeah. I think we just take off. He, I mean, who knows what happens afterwards, but um, he's kind of going crazy at the point when you meet him because Frank has left and his mind is kind of everywhere and he has all these contraptions and, and traps to try to capture zombies and kill zombies or sorry, infected. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Bill's super belligerent and like, it'd be like if, if in the show we met him before he had seen or met Frank mm-hmm. where he was that kind of curmudgeon you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Uh, prepper kind of yeah, guy, kind of hard edge prepper who who looks like he has like a million things going on in his mind all at once. Hmm. Um, yeah, so the game or the show did a tonally like pole like opposite thing, polar opposite thing, where you get to see him come and have a uh, like a beautiful, you know, to humanize him and make him more relatable. Yeah, um, and have I a think, happy ending, which I think is a good good twist. It's it's definitely it got it got uh, extended quite a bit compared to the game in terms yeah. of the amount of coverage that they had on it um you know it, it he does play a role in the game but it's kind of it's more kind of quick in my opinion okay so okay at the end of the show i have heard that they play up the rhyming from the from the beginning of the game or the show where joel's daughter gets shot mm-hmm. and there's that moment of hesitation and it's the same camera angle that at the end in the hospital, there's something that happens very similarly mm-hmm. and that they didn't do it in the show and execute it as well, where he has that same sort of moment, that same sort of hesitation. You see it from the same angle as earlier in the game and people are disappointed at that, that they didn't like play up. This is why he's saving Ellie and, and really hmm. do the emotion as much. Is that not true? I, I mean, I, I felt like they did a pretty good job it's definitely a tough decision for him to make. And I think he makes it rather swiftly. He the is, decision he makes is crazy. I, well, I could see why it's such a controversial ending now. Why people, cause people are now like, Oh, what would I do in that scenario? Like, yeah, exactly. It go, but it goes back to the, like one of the first things we were talking about, which is love and, mm-hmm. and what you would do for love, the good and the bad mm-hmm. and everything in between. But with this, it's, you know, he's, he decides that, if they were to kill his quote unquote daughter um, and maybe save humanity, that that wasn't worth it, especially if she didn't get to make the decision at the end. And so he doesn't like how that goes down and he would rather her live because of what happened in the past, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with his own daughter. Mm -hmm. So it's a very difficult decision. And and I heard in the podcast that uh, the game creator said that it's based off of something that happens in real life with a son that gets captured during a war and his father gives up like a hundred men to get him back and they ask him you know was that too much and he says i would have given up a thousand if that was the cost and so 
he thought that that was kind of a cool way to, <laughs> to so tell crazy. that story, but in a game. That's so intense. Um, yeah. And, you know, the that decision... We're talking millions, though, right? In this scenario? Yeah, we're talking millions, but we don't know 100% that it would have worked. That's it's true. 100% she dies, you know, because they, they have to go into... You know, so, okay, so the brain. other big thing, though, and this is the other thing that I didn't really understand from hearing you describe the game to me once, like, five years ago. Yeah. He lies to her. Mm-hmm. And he comes, he, he fabricates a whole thing. He, he makes up, like, a lie mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. tells her a false narrative, a false truth that then she ha- she has to believe because she doesn't know anything other than what he tells her yeah. because she was knocked out the whole time. And then that's how... The show ends. That's how the, the season ends. Is that, is that how the game yeah, ends? Yeah, 100%. He's like, this is what happened. Totally untrue. But here's the narrative I'm telling you that now Ellie, this is her truth. And this version. And of, she knows that he's lying. This version of Joel, it, feel, it hits a lot harder, at least for me. Like, it was like, dang, that was brutal. And I can't believe he just flat out lied to her. And the game, the, you know, he's such like a grizzled, you know, survivalist that I feel like mm. it's it just you believe it yeah. it's it's a little it's a little shocking but you believe it yeah um in the show you're like dang like he just flat out lied to her for his own benefit and i wonder how she would because he loved her yeah because he didn't want to let lose her again. well yeah it's a selfish love in that yeah. way yeah, yeah like yeah. he he he's, wants to not lose that thing he's yeah. lost his daughter he's lost his girlfriend or partner tess yeah um and so he doesn't want to lose somebody else and you know it's it's about love essentially so intense and that decision not that this is a spoiler but i mean it sort of is but uh you know season two i would assume is going to play heavily off that decision yeah you know and everybody's fate will depend on that decision sure um and it's 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 a crazy decision i don't know what i would do being a father and and thinking about that um it's really tough like i I, I don't i don't think i could do I don't think I can make that decision. It's it's so hard, especially in a split second like that. And yeah. you have all this PTSD, and and you know you're a survivalist, and um, it's 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 not a fun pretty, one. Pretty pretty terrible, stupid decision making. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks it's for having been me. Great to have you, Gabe. Can you talk about the music for a second and and the theme of the show? What? No. <laughs> what do you mean? The theme Can you the... not? You what? You want Can like? Can you the, talk about the music? The composer Gustavo Santonella. Yeah, the 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 Spanish guitar kind of oh. play because they, they use the same music right from the show, yeah. The, the themes are, are like the theme music and and yeah. like the undertone music is pretty much the same. Okay. Yeah, throughout. I think he made some more for uh, the show. The show, but a lot of it is straight from the game, they, and you'll recognize those motifs. They sprinkle in like you know pop music. You know, in, in the show that oh, they like, don't have in the game. Yeah, like, um, kind of like, like 80s music. Yeah, the 80s music um, in the arcade scene and mm-hmm. also uh, when they're looking for Joel's brother, Tommy, mm-hmm. um, and it comes over the radio. Yeah. That's all new. It's cool that they use kind of guitar tracks here, you know. One key thing about that is uh, in the game, Joel is teaching Ellie how to play guitar throughout oh. their journey yeah and they don't really do that and they touch on it on the very last episode and say hey maybe you should learn how to play guitar um but uh in the game season it's, two yeah in the game it, it's she's on her way there and then yeah in the second game she learns some more and is actually good at playing guitar cool yeah you see that a lot in the sequel the guitar is brought in for in some the, pretty important the last of us scenes too. yeah well right here we're gonna hear the guitar intro music 
to the last of us show here it is (laughs) 